0: So I'm in my childhood house and there's a woman being kept upstairs in the house in a room and there is a woman that is hired to help her to do yoga for some reason. And she is not only like a woman, But she flickers, like, in and out of, like, different forms. So she becomes a loom and then a kite. So it's like woman, loom, kite. Woman, loom, kite. Um, And my mother is in the room beside her, and she's on the phone, and she's talking about her. And she doesn't think that the woman can hear what she's saying and she's kind of going on to her friends about how she's crazy and she's too much to handle and just going on about this woman in the room. And I go into the room to see this woman that's like locked in there. Like I get the sense that she's like kept there. And she's like going up to a screen, a TV screen. She's trying to tap like a touch screen trying to get food. Like she was really hungry and I had like a piece of pizza (laughs) and I went in and like offered her like a tiny little piece of pizza. Like it was the smallest piece of pizza I've ever seen. It was kind of strange. And, um, I got the sense that she was just, like, deprived and, like, super hungry, but she was somehow okay, and I felt bad for her, and um, I went downstairs, and my sister told me that there was someone at the door for me, and she doesn't know who it is, so I go outside, and I don't see anyone at first, and then... This young man, he was like draped in all of these bright colored beads and he like was levitating, like he floated down from the sky and um, I took his hand and I started levitating and then we floated into this forest near my house And there was this huge rock that he took me to. And at first I thought it was solid, but the closer that I got, it was more energetic. Like it was something I could move my hand through. And then I looked even closer and I noticed that it actually had a face and it was a head. And it was like a woman, like this really old, haggard woman's face, and sh- I kind of got this feeling that it was like a witch, if you will. And I felt really safe and protected in this space. And I sat down next to the rock, and like even though I could move my hand through the rock, the rock like decided to like hold my back so that I wouldn't like fall through this sort of like energy field if you will and I just sat there with this rock and I didn't see this but I felt like the rest of her body was like buried in the earth below her and her head was just like this rock that was like poking out of the earth. And um, the man with like all the beads just sort of like levitated there and just like watched the whole thing. Um, that's pretty much. Well, I mean, the dream's like super freaking long, but like that's one part that like really stuck with me. Like, I don't know what to think about the man from the sky. The only thing I really thought about it was it felt connected to the woman in the room. Like, I felt like they're so friends. Like, they so get each other. I was thinking about how the woman is a loom. Like, she can, like, become a loom. So she's making threads. And he's, like, covered in well, threads adorned with, like, beads. So it's almost like maybe it's something she's given him at some point. Um, And also the fact that she could transform into a kite was kind of interesting to me because I kind of felt like maybe that was a signal. Like, even though she's captive, she's still somehow able to create something out of nothing. With regards to the woman upstairs, I feel like she represents me. And I'm observing, like I'm almost like as the dreamer observing something that I've been through or an experience I've had. I don't know, the feeling of being deprived is connected to some of my recent life decisions to um, leave my husband mainly and how doing that revealed that there was sort of a box around me and that's how I can relate to this woman being held captive in a space in like a childhood home I've always sort of looked at my relationship with my father as something that's required healing, like my whole life. And it's been just like very obvious and in my face. And I've spent a lot of work doing that. And I never thought that my mom, there was never anything between me and my mom. I'd always referred her as like a best friend. And it wasn't until I decided to leave my husband that I just didn't have the support. She has beliefs around marriage that I'm abolishing, basically. And that means, or at least it did mean more to her. Um, when this first happened, I think she's like slowly coming around. Obviously, there was something that was not aligned from the beginning, but I just kept going. and it got to the point where it was too much way too much i just couldn't be there anymore like i got married and then like a year later like i just couldn't couldn't do it anymore so when i left like he became full on christian like i'm talking like getting essays written by him that are like basically like I'm talking to a pastor like someone I've never met before and then having my parents like Well, I'm gonna say more my mom my dad's a little bit more like easygoing, but completely weaving like with this like religious sort of like understanding of what I'm doing and labeling me as you know, like a sinner or the devil or you know this like witchy like bad person like I'm a bad person but I mean from a Christian perspective like all humans are pretty much bad and require to be saved so like in that sense it's not like as mean (laughs) But the interesting thing is, is like they see it as like this horrible thing, right? Like we're not connected the way we used to be. Like you're doing something that, you know, they don't agree with, but it's a necessary break or like it it was a necessary crumbling of like the family dynamic and my relationship to my mom that I didn't even realize that there was something there that needed to be looked at between me and her. Like, I had no clue it even existed, which means it just controlled me. It, it It's what made me choose my partners so that it was aligned with her beliefs, not mine. And I had to, like, go through this, like, 10-year period of being this, you know, my husband and then marrying him and then deciding to leave to actually see like how many things like the conditioning and the priming for my decisions in life I, like i had to do that for it to all crumble but everyone around me still thinks like oh man this is a horrible thing or like it don't want you to like i don't want this to be the biggest regret of your life and like they see it as like A bad thing. This is a bad thing to happen to the family and I'm like, this is probably the best thing that's happened, really. It's interesting like how people put pressure on each other to be good all the time or to feel good and I think that's pretty harmful. Like there's nothing bad about wanting to like leave a relationship or thinking that it might not be for you. Like, what is bad about that? Like, it might be uncomfortable. It might make you feel like, oh, we're gonna have to like part ways with someone, or like that just doesn't feel good. But like, I think we just like quickly label it as bad and that it shouldn't exist, you know. And then you don't go into it. You don't learn. You don't grow. And nothing changes. who really supports me, like who really can see like what I'm doing and love me through it. Even if I am making a mistake, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm doing something that I'll regret. It's just like, this is what she's doing. And I'm just right there with her. Like, who are those people? And like, those are the people that I talk to that I reveal myself to and give my energy to. And it's been surprising to realize that the circle I had around me before is just not there for me right now. Growing up, there was a forest behind my childhood home. And I used to like look out the window and I would like look into the forest. It was like a farm field and then forest. So like the whole concept of like a forest has always been really comforting to me. And it's like a place I would just sort of like let my imagination go into. Um, Despite however I felt at home, whatever was going on at home, like I always had the view out my window that would bring me some sort of peace. I think that feeling has always been there for me. I don't think I've fully have gone into it before. Like, it's always been a place of peace and a space to keep myself safe. So, like, when something's happening or there's just a chapter in life that I don't really feel full, which I think... I'm still coming into fullness. Like I'm realizing that. Um, It's always been a place for me to retreat and like just replenish and restore like that little bit of myself that I'm like keeping. The fact that like the dreamer ended up finding a sense of home and peace and family around this object that appears to be solid but actually isn't I think kind of speaks to oh I don't know I actually don't know I don't know if I have language around it but I feel like there's like something there DreamLogic is made by me, Elias Campbell, and Sean Sutherland, with producer Victoria Hoare. Original score by Sean Sutherland. Cover art by Stephen McLaughlin. Special thanks to this week's guest, Shaley Dubois. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DreamLogicShow. If you have a dream you'd like to share, email us at dreamlogicpod at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share the show with a friend. You can also make a donation via our website, dreamlogicpodcast.com, which will help us continue to make the show. Thanks for listening.